Hello, this is Gary Hutchins with the Sunny Slope Church of Christ in Omaha, Nebraska. This is today's Bible class. Today's Bible class is a short Bible study that we get into each day, only about 13 minutes long. But you know, even that short period of time helps us to stay strong in our faith and even grow stronger because faith comes by hearing the Word of God, Romans 10 and verse 17. And it helps keep us focused on a relationship with God and helps us to maintain a more spiritual and therefore more positive mindset to be able to deal with life every day. You know people in your life who need to change their focus, don't you? They need to change the direction in their life. Help them to do that by sharing these short studies with them every day. Your family members, your friends, your work associates, your neighbors, with literally everybody you can every day. You can do that through Facebook friends, text messages, other technological means. But you may help somebody get to heaven. What a great blessing that will be for them. But it will also be a great blessing for you. So make up your mind, take, make that commitment, and start sharing these lessons, these short studies, every day with everybody you can. We're going to get back into our line of thought and study, talking about how God can save even a crook, right? Well, that was the first section in this study that we looked at last week. And we asked that question, can God save a crook? But of course, that was just a representative kind of identity. Can God save a murderer? Can God save an adulterer? Can God save an adulteress? Can God save somebody who is living in all kinds of sexual promiscuity? Can God save a liar? The list goes on and on and on. And the answer is always, yes, God can save even those individuals living in those kinds of sinful lifestyles if they will repent and come to him through Jesus Christ repenting of their sins, confessing their faith in Jesus openly, and surrendering in baptism, at which point the blood that he shed on the cross on their behalf will cleanse them of the guilt of their sins. And they will be promised eternal life with God, as long as they continue to live faithfully and obediently before him. Well, God can save even a crook. Then somebody comes along, and this is this section that we're looking at this week in this general line of study. Somebody says, well, that's great. God can save a crook, but I'm not a crook. Well, are you suggesting that you are good enough that you don't need your Savior, Jesus Christ? Are you suggesting that you live a good enough life that you don't have to worry about salvation by coming to God through Jesus? Hmm. We've been looking at a whole host of scriptures that talk about the fact that we're all sinners. Sin is a reality for mankind across the board, all around the world, in every generation. In fact, as I've emphasized, sin is man's greatest problem. It's not what we will hear in the news media, climate change, or maybe drought, or famine, or overpopulation, or violence, or wars, or pandemics, or anything that we hear about along those lines. You listen to the news media, or read it in the newspaper, and boy, you might feel like we're under a state of calamity and catastrophe every minute of every day. Well, not from things of this world. In in talking about natural elements and things, but sin is that greatest danger, that greatest problem for mankind. The Apostle Peter describes the devil as a roaring lion walking about seeking whom he may devour. 
None of us would want to meet a roaring lion in the wild, would we? No, you're talking about almost certain death. Well, the devil is about our eternal death, our spiritual destruction, eternal condemnation in hell. He wants to pull all of us away from God. And that's our greatest danger, sin instigated by the devil. Well, when we start thinking that we're good enough in and of ourselves and by ourselves and on our own, that we don't really need God, we're already probably lost at that point spiritually. Because, you see, without God, there is no hope. And in order to come to God, we must come through Jesus Christ. Jesus said, I am the way and the truth and the life, and no one comes to the Father except through me, John 14 and verse 6. When Peter was talking about Jesus in Acts chapter 4 and verse 12, he said, nor is there salvation in any other For there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. And the Apostle Paul wrote in 1 Timothy 1 and verse 15, This is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptance, that Christ Jesus came into this world to save sinners. And Jesus himself said, The Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. And because of sin, all of us outside of Christ are lost spiritually. Well, none of us are guiltless. We've looked at numerous scripture texts that tell us that there is not a single person in and of himself, by himself, on his own, who does not sin. And he's always righteous. He's always just. No, we all fail at that. We need Jesus in our lives. We need God's forgiveness through our Savior, our Lord, Jesus Christ. In 1 John chapter 1 and verse 8 again, the Apostle John wrote this, If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. Verse 10, If we say we have not sinned, we make him a liar, and his word is not in us. Oh, but verse 9, right in between those two verses that emphasize that, oh yeah, yeah, we're, we're, we're sinful. We need forgiveness. We need God. We need Jesus, our Savior. Verse 9 says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Now, do you remember what we've read a number of times in Romans chapter 6 and verse 23? Both sides, of the, both ends of the spectrum, so to speak. The wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Sin is such a problem for us, for mankind. It's so serious that it caused Jesus to have to go to the cross and die as the perfect sacrifice to pay the price for the guilt of our sins. The Hebrews writer wrote this in Hebrews 2 and verse 9. We see Jesus, who was made a little lower than the angels for the suffering of death, for the suffering of death, made a little lower than the angels because he came in human form. While still fully divine, he was still fully human. Why did he come? For the suffering of death, crowned with glory and honor that he, by the grace of God, might taste death for everyone. He died to pay the price for the guilt of the sins of all mankind.
we need to try as much as we are able to grasp that truth and that reality and take it to heart. In Hebrews chapter 9 and verse 28, so Christ was offered once to bear the sins of many. Chapter 10, verse 10, what will we have been, uh, by that will we have been sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. We read such statements and such teachings, different texts of the New Testament, over and over and over again. But not just in the New Testament. We also see that in the Old Testament. In Isaiah chapter 53, if we turn back there, Isaiah chapter 53, and I want us to read just a section of that, oh my, graphic prophetic text. We're going to begin with verse 4. And there's no question, but this particular chapter, and it is an incredible chapter, a prophecy of the coming Savior, Jesus Christ, is talking about him. Beginning with verse 4, it says, well, let's go back to verse 3. He is despised and rejected by men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. As we hid, as it were, our faces from him, he was despised and we did not esteem him. Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows, yet we, stri- we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement for our peace was upon him, and by his stripes we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned every man to his own way. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. Jesus came to bear. First, he came to teach the message of forgiveness and salvation through the gospel that God sent him to preach and teach. And that's still the same message of forgiveness and salvation that we need to be reading, learning, and obeying today, and then teaching to as many people as we can. Jesus came to die on that cross as the one time for all time perfect sacrifice to pay the price for the guilt of our sins. Look at how the Apostle, the Apostle Paul put it in 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 21. And this fifth chapter of the 2 Corinthians letter Oh, it's a great chapter. You ought to read that every once in a while. Read it from beginning to end. But let's look at the very last verse, verse 21. For he, that is God, made him, that is Jesus, who knew no sin, when, when Jesus lived in this earth, even in physical form, he never committed a sin. He came sinless, and he went to that cross sinless, and thereby he could be that perfect sacrifice. Remember how the Israelites were told to only offer to God sheep that were unblemished, that were healthy, that were whole, couldn't, couldn't put a runt in there, could not put one that was sick, couldn't put one that had a broken leg. Only the pure sheep could be offered a sacrifice to God. Jesus came 
to this earth and lived as a human being sinless, and thereby he could go to that cross as the perfect, unblemished Lamb of God, sacrifice for the, price, for, for the guilt of our sins. He made him who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we might, be, might become the righteousness of God in him. What an incredible offer of, by the grace of God. What an incredible sacrifice on our behalf so that we could be counted righteous by God. We need to understand. We need to try to reflect, and, and I don't know that we can fully wrap our minds around it emotionally, but Jesus came to die for each one of us. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. John 3 and verse 16. God demonstrates his own love toward us that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Christ died for us. Now, let's make that more personal. Christ died for you, and he died for me. Why? Because we were sinners in need of forgiveness. And his blood shed on the cross can cleanse us of the guilt of our sins as we surrender to him in baptism for the remission of our sins, having repented of our sins, and then begin to walk that new life in him, 2 Corinthians 5 and verse 16, faithful until death, Revelation 2 and verse 10. How blessed we are with such a Savior. Let's pray. Father in heaven, thank you for loving us so much. Thank you for sending your Son to die on our behalf and offer us the opportunity to be forgiven and saved and have eternal life with you in heaven. Praise be to you, Father. Praise be to you. Please forgive us and hear our prayer, gracious Father. In Christ's name, amen.